1: it is Wednesday, the of, twenty first. twenty-first. first. It is Wednesday, the twenty first. Yeah, this is pretty accurate for what is going yeah. on at the moment. It's Wednesday, the twenty first of July. <laughs> Welcome to Two Guys One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson.
0: And my name is Charlie Clausen, and it is the twenty first. And uh, I apologise for running late, Will. Um, I got uh, in a traffic jam on the Gold Coast Highway. Yeah. Appreciate you holding up the start of the pod. And you Did had you no know toilet. The,
1: oh, no toilet on your bus. That was the, the problem. So the whole way, was you that, just had to like uh, piss into an orange juice bottle. I
0: missed that little detail. Was that the issue? Is Brian Curvis that had a big gulp on the way
1: to the ground. And everyone's like, we need to get the big fella off the bus. Well, well I would love it if it was Brian Curvis, the famous warm-up guy for... <laughs> For oh television shit. programs have a problem He was just, he was just on the bus as the in bus entertainment. He was like, you know, Raymond playing some tunes, getting people to guess what the songs were. <laughs> Raymond J Mooney was that the was that his character's Raymond name? J- the poet again. What a flyer we are off to on this podcast! Like just proving that we're not only completely inaccurate when it comes to AFL, but also when it comes to popular culture. Raymond Comedy. J Partholomew was the name of his character. Uh, his name is Brian Nankervis, and you're thinking of Toby Nankervis, so I'm thinking, I'm guessing,
0: same thing, same thing. Yeah, did, but did you know that they could do that? They could just like delay the start of a game. If you, I mean, I think. What else are you going to? I do? think.
1: Th- what, would I no, think they just th- have to get off the bus and start? Is that your...
0: Yeah, I reckon thing? that you just start the game and
1: the team just gets to kick as many goals as they can before you hit the field. I mean, I think in perhaps if it was like your fault, right? Yeah. If it wasn't COVID situation and the world wasn't the way the world is at the moment. But I think both teams, by the way, are running late. So, oh, well, so what happens then? If the umpires are there you just say start anyway? So the umpire yeah. goes out there, like tosses the coin, no one calls... Gets out there, bounces the ball.
0: It just seems like strange in... Look, again, I understand it's COVID and stuff, but COVID didn't cause the traffic jam. I understand that COVID caused the teams to be in a city maybe they're not familiar with, but you would have thought that, that you get to the ground like three hours early or, or something like that. It just seem, It just boggles my mind that
1: you can have a professional sports team running late for a game. They were in a different state three hours beforehand. Like they'd basically flown up there. I think that day they were in. They had to go to Brisbane for some reason, some scheduling reason, and then drive down to the Gold Coast. And so mm. that highway is like. I mean, we have both driven that highway, and that it is probably the biggest lottery of highways in all of Australia. So in mm. an, in usual circumstances, absolutely, I think you would go. Hey, we've got to go on the Gold Coast Highway today. We're going to get there three hours early. You know what? If we end up getting there four hours early, it's better than us getting there 40 minutes late and them starting the game without us. But these are unusual circumstances. They are on a bus with no toilet. This is the I mean, I don't care about the lateness of the game. I am fascinated by the whole no toilet thing because, I mean, AFL players get pretty hydrated before a game, don't they? Isn't that the whole point that you're meant to be like really hydrated before you go out there on the field?
0: And there's also lots of nervous poos, I imagine, before a game as well.
1: There must have been like a real stinky bucket on that bus that no one's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they were just passing I mean, around a bucket.
0: How would you be if you're Jack Revolt? Like, you know, you're coming into your three you're a bit nervous and about. And here the I game. am, so he's sitting in a
1: KFC bucket. <laughs> like, if you believe in
0: omens, you just have to be sitting there in that stinky. Like bus just going like, oh man, is, is this how the evening's going to pan out?
1: Well, this is Jack rewald Literally, like, bed, is this how the evening's going to bed pan out? <laughs> it is. Like, I mean... It's the highs and the lows, isn't it? I mean, this is Jack Rewalt who stood on stage singing Mr. Brightside with the Killers on AFL Grand Final Day and suddenly on the way to his 300th game, something that it's rare for forwards to make it just 300 games for a star. I think he's only one of five Richmond players who've done it in the history of Richmond. He was going to be doing it at a full MCG in front of a home Tigers crowd as they came out to celebrate and now he's stuck on a bus on the Gold Coast Highway shitting in a big gulp. <laughs> We, we think we, we speculate I believe is what happened
0: I mean it's that kind of year isn't it I mean it feels like this is the inverse of 2020 where 2020 started like just what the fuck is going on and that weirdness of playing to empty stadiums and stuff and then I sort of felt like by the end of the year we'd all adjusted and yeah. footy was being played out of Queensland and they'll get in good crowds and even the grand final had sort of like a novelty value to it but now it just feels like, oh man, like it, that that, that, sink, that sense of dread and the way that like players are just getting like, you know, plucked out of lineups left, right and center because of exposure sites. Like it's so full on. I heard um, uh, Purple, Damien Barrett, uh, yesterday talking about, they estimate the AFL is losing, I think it's $5 million a week at the moment with no crowds and having to charter flights and stuff. So there's still nine weeks to go. This is... This is serious. I actually started to think like, I mean, I'm, I barrack for one of those teams that relies on AFL handouts. Like this, this is serious shit. <laughs> like it could get to the end of the year where they have to make some like cost-cutting decisions. And I can't imagine like the Saints, Gold Coast,
1: North are really that secure. You know what I would love um, about this is that the, the AFL ended up doing not too bad last year. And as long as they can keep playing TV games... Then sixty the, percent of the money that comes into the AFL comes from the T V deal. So as long as you Broadcast can still be rights. putting you know games on TV, you can still keep paying for the competition. But last year they went and they uh got all that finance, you know, they secured all this finance from the bank when they thought that things might be six hundred million. But they offered a security Marvel Stadium. I like no. the idea that they start to not be able to pay their bills back and the bank <laughs> just repossesses Marvel Stadium. <laughs> like (laughs) what do they do what do they do with it what do they turn it into well i mean you sell it right that's what the bank would do in an ordinary situation if somebody forecloses on their mortgage or whatever it's not like the bank keeps the house and just goes gary from accounts has had a good year let's give him a free house they 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 sell the house again and they take whatever money they get but do you think i mean they would sell the the real
0: estate i mean do you think because i mean it is prime real estate like waterfront apartments things like that but I imagine, I wonder if there's probably no, every sporting code is hurting. I don't think, who's going to be cashed up enough to come in and buy a stadium or is it a knockdown job?
1: I think it is a knockdown job. I honestly think that that's what they would do if they needed to sell it. I don't think they will get in the situation where they need to sell it. But if they needed to sell it, they would knock the entire thing down and they would build apartments and shopping centers and all those sort of things on that real estate. You would not invest in another Football ground there, and then like the AFL would take the money, they'd build a little boutique stadium somewhere around Punt Road or near the MCG or something like that. And that would be the second stadium, I think, is what would happen because that was that proposal a few years ago, anyway. Was that they knocked down Mm. Marvel Stadium and they they build a smaller boutique stadium in the MCG precinct. But um, I like the compromise, which is they build some apartments in Marvel Stadium, so you take. You take...
0: so as the players are coming down their race to the ground they're running past wheelie bins <laughs> like the people who live in
1: the top floor apartments that's where they put their bins they've just got a whole bunch of wheelie bins out by the boundary line just lined up around <laughs> the boundary line I mean it could be like you could easily transform some of those corporate boxes into inner city apartments yeah studio apartments yeah. little bedsits for sure Right, and you know, close to toilets. So many toilets. Yep. I mean, if you you're saying to people like you know you access the toilets, there are so many toilets. You know, short walk to the concession ca- concession stands. Uh, will it be one of those
0: things though, where you know, like when um, an area gets gentrified and the people who move in next to the music venue start complaining where, about the football? You know, the yeah. people. Who, <laughs> yeah, just Mate, like it's Sunday. That yellow. That yellow and black and is, is <laughs> that yellow and black is just too
1: loud. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm happy for you to play your football, but no singing after the game. Well, that's how they get Richmond interested in Marvel because uh, Damien Hardwick famously said they don't like going to Marvel. Well, you they make They hate them the live joint, there. mate. They hate yeah. it. You make them live there. You convert it into apartments and you make the Richmond players move into Marvel Stadium.
0: Well, speaking of Richmond, um, mm. as is our weekly commentary about the monster, the Mike Myers, the Jason Voorhees mm. that is Richmond, uh... You know, we both said you've got to make sure the monster's dead. You've got to you've got to put put a bullet between its eyes and make sure it's dead. We put a bullet in its kidney. We know it's injured. <laughs> do you still like it's it's mortally wounded? Do you still turn your back? Do you turn your back on it, or do you still keep
1: one eye? Well, on the see, monster? this is this is where I have an affinity with Mitch Robinson because I have said several times in the last couple of weeks that I am happy to be the person who stays back next to the body to make sure that it's not moving. But I feel like Mitch Robinson wants to go a step further. He was like, if it bleeds internally, we can kill it. And <laughs> yeah. and he was just like, I am good. Because I, I've always had the opinion that if Richmond made the finals, that Richmond could still win the whole thing. But mm. now, without Dustin and Martin, I think even if they manage to scrape into the finals... like. Like Geelong would have won the premiership last year if it wasn't for Dustin Martin. Dustin Martin was the difference between those teams, and not having Dustin Martin there, I just believe that is they can't they can't fix that. They can't fill it's, that it's, hole. Yeah, it's too big an adjustment to make on the run. Like you,
0: you can't just replay... You can maybe if it happened at the end of the season, you've got a preseason to plan for it and blood
1: some kids and all that kind of stuff. But it's, you can, you can play, and already, I mean, you can and play a lot of the of season. Like. You could play a lot of the season without Dustin Martin because Dustin Martin, to be honest. Don't even try that hard during the season anymore. That's you could easily bring in a couple of players who match some of Dusty's output in some of the, you know, meaningless games during the season. But come the finals, come the man. Like and he just mm. yeah, without him, I mean he wouldn't want to win it either. Because like if he's in a situation yeah. where he's not allowed to um do any damage to his kidneys, like for three months after the grand <laughs> final, what's the point of what's the point of winning the thing if you can't celebrate properly? It's such a interesting year
0: now in terms of who can win it. Like it feels, it feels like there's two sort of categories. Well, there's three really. Like there's a, a, like a group of say four to five teams that win the flag. There's a group of nine to ten sides that can play finals, and it feels like there's three or four teams down the bottom end who are all going to be keep winning games. Who, it's not like there's a terrible team that is going to finish last. It's like ah. Oh, like, even North, North Melbourne looked good against Essendon, I thought. I actually felt like they were going to win that game. I thought my tip
1: was going to be spot on. Oh, I just think that, you know, there is a situation at the moment where you're absolutely right. I think almost if you barrack for any team, you could be optimistic about the chances about of where something. your team are at at the moment. Like, yeah. or at least some aspect of, you know, what is going on with your team. Like... I think if you're a North Melbourne fan, there's been some stuff to like this season. Adelaide have got a little bit wobbly lately. I guess, yeah. yeah, they're not in a great... But they've had enough things happen during the season that if you're an Adelaide fan, you would have some optimism about the future. Gold Coast? Gold Coast look like, a you know, a team that should be competing for the finals instead of a team that a few weeks ago we were all talking about that they should bulldoze the entire thing into the ocean. They're, they're playing, you yeah, know, some really good football. I mean, Tuuk Miller might win the Brownlow. Uh, yeah, no, he can't. He's he got suspended. That's right. Yeah, uh, he, but he might. Well, Tuke Miller might be the first oh, yeah. guy to come first in the brown though, <laughs> and not win it because he was suspended since who was the last one? Chris, Chris Grant. Chris Grant. Yeah. yeah, Chris Grant. I started um about halfway
0: through Mick Warner's book, Boys Club, mm-hmm. um which is gripping stuff. It's good. Like isn't it is it? such a page turner. So I keep feeling. I think we can. T- like I'll just read a couple of pages, yeah. but I'll, I'll I'll just get to the end of the chapter. The way he writes, it is so compelling. And it's, it's sort of weird, too, because it's all stuff that I've been peripherally aware of. But then when you stack the scandal upon scandal upon scandal upon <laughs> scandal, it's astounding how much shit has happened that the AFL have seemingly got away with. But the, the, the reason I bring that up is the Gold Coast one, when you sort of think about how the, how the Gold Coast was established and how quickly it was rushed through and just how poorly thought out it was and understaffed, like the fact that they still exist now, well, it's a, a, it's a miracle, but it's also a product of like relentless propping up and, you know, uh, rescue packages and stuff. But to think that they didn't even have like training facilities, proper training facilities for the first six or seven years,
1: I had no idea that was the case. It's one of those things where the power of the AFL, but it, it, they're very good at like, you know, putting a liquor paint on things and like, you know, from the outside it all looks glossy. But you know who Michael Warner is? Michael Warner is the guy you send in for the building inspection. He's the guy yeah. who's going to get under the house and he's going to see yeah, where it's leaking one. and he's going to see where someone's pat something together. And he's going to focus only on those things and not the lovely inbuilt baths that you're so fond of. Right. And like, geez, the, the, the if, if, if someone can write through gritted
0: teeth, that's what you get the sense of anytime he, especially with Demetrio, like the, the disdain for Andrew Demetrio is like so apparent on the page. Like I love that the 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 first quote he gets when talking about Demetrio is from Grant Thomas. Like famed Andrew Demetrio nemesis, Grant Thomas. I'm like, if that's the quote you're opening with, then you're painting a very specific picture of a man.
1: It's interesting the Demetrio story, isn't it? Because I was yeah. somebody who absolutely bought into the idea of him because when that AFL revolutionized and... I get that there are some people who look back fondly on the olden days of the VFL and how things used to be and whatever. I'm just not one of those people. I like the modern game. I like what the game has become. I like that it's national. I like all these things. But when you have somebody just kind of point out one by one how outrageous so many of these things were, and I think that Andrew Demetrio has also kind of... He's one of those guys that we were kind of convinced was a bit of a genius. Oh, look at Andrew Demetrio and all the good jobs mm-hmm. that he's doing. And then all that crown shit went down and he had to testify yeah. about like culture and stuff like that. And you were just like, oh, hang on. <laughs> Fucking hell. Is I reckon this guy that? might be just some idiotic monster. And the whole time we were just absolutely fooled by it.
0: Well, the one that really like took me by surprise was the whole Essendon saga. I guess I really hadn't dug into that very deeply but this idea that you know they were they had to protect the perceived integrity of the game and the results and so the players could not be implicated in the drug saga so they needed a sacrificial lamb and the way that they set up James Heard now it's not to say James Heard was innocent or no. you know any of these uh, officials that were innocent
1: but the way they but tried he got, engineer, yeah, but he got railroaded he got engineered into yes. a solution that the AFL thought was best for them and James Heard just for them In in a way, I think that still to this day, James Heard would be in a better position if he just fucking bit down hard and took it and, like, you know, wore more than he was responsible for and all those things. But when you read it from Mick Warner's perspective on the page, you do look at a man who really thought that he had mostly not done what he was being accused of, regardless of the mistakes Mm. that he had made. And he just couldn't ever bring himself to like, you know, play their game and admit to everything they want him to admit to. And you put yourself in that same situation. There's a part of me that would like to hope that I also would go, no, I didn't do this. Or at least I didn't do Mm. all of this that you're accusing me of and that you're going to say that I have to do. And this is unfair. And I don't want to do this. And it clearly went on to have massive ramifications in James Heard's life in, you know. It's one of those things where, like one of my big themes with afl these days is it's a game like it's a game remember it's a game it's a game that we made up that they don't even play in most other places and we only think it's important because we think it's important and that's good it's nice for us to think it's important for people to treat it like it's important but is it worth destroying somebody's life to just protect this game can't we like admit that sometimes the game gets it wrong Yeah,
0: and how's the story about uh, Mike Fitzpatrick calling up uh, uh, Collis at the Swans after the buddy deal goes through and just like abusing him for 10 minutes for doing nothing illegal. Like he had done nothing illegal. It's just that, and you know, the point that Mick Warner makes in his book is if any club had been discovered to be trying to engineer a trade, basically inside a trading to get a player to a club, you know, scare off rival suitors, that that club would be punished and fined The AFL tries to do it. It doesn't work out. And then they, like, attack the club that was canny enough to pull it off.
1: And I have some great... I do have a lot of sympathy to his positions around how bloated the AFL itself has become. Like, because they have this great game. But the great game was given to them. They did not invent the great game, but they sometimes, you know... Like, carry themselves as if they invented the fucking thing, and everything, every bit of joy that we get out of it is entirely because of them. The truth of it is that Mm. a lot of it's because of the members. A lot of the reason that the competition is in not as much trouble as it should have been after last year was that most people, like these hundreds of thousands of like ordinary people, many of whom lost their own jobs during that time, went, Fuck it, even though I can't go to the football, I like this game and my club enough that I'm going to continue to pay my membership regardless of me getting any benefit from it other than contributing to the competition. Well, part of me when reading this book, like I actually did some
0: soul searching and I was like, like, do you, you know, do you endorse these bully boy tactics, these kind of like mafia style standover tactics? And I had to be honest and go, well, they're bringing me this game that I love and it's bigger than ever. And you know, they are funding these clubs that have digital departments that give me footy news. Yeah. Like, and all that stuff goes away if they're not turning huge profits. It's a bit like, you know eating at mcdonald's it's like you have to turn your a blind eye to a bunch of like nasty shit to enjoy the convenience of getting like a, a mchappy meal for three dollars
1: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like i got a burger and some price and a toy three dollars i'm sure everybody's <laughs> yeah. getting paid perfectly and everything is fine with this operation this must be the highest quality produce that i'm consuming yeah uh, it's just weird it's like i i can't take a stance i just it
0: I, I just feel like I've I'm I'm too far into it now and I'm I'm too corrupted already. But this
1: is also where Michael Warner, the man who we have joked about many times on this show, is cursed by the devil to have the best job covering a sport that he absolutely hates. Um this is where he's at its best. Because it is that absolute cynicism about mm. like the modern game and the AFL and the machinery that is at its absolute journal like I mean this is it is a, a bit of a polemic. Like it is certainly from one perspective, which is somebody who is going to go here. Are... You wouldn't want to sit down to a a well. sometimes at a like dinner party and someone says, Oh, you both like footy. <laughs> he's a footy writer and you love football. You guys will get along great. And then nine hours into the dinner, he's going another thing I hate about football. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh my God. He goes, I wrote a song that's a reply to that great champion song. It's called. That's the thing I hate about football <laughs> here. I'm going to sing it to you. It's 25 minutes long. But in this arena, he is – that's what you need. You need somebody who – because a lot of what he says also about not wanting to piss off the AFL is absolutely true. I've seen that up close. You know, the the fact that the AFL media and all the infrastructure is so reliant on the AFL and access to the AFL that it's just not in your best interest to, you know – to criticise the AFL. Why would you do it? Why mm. would you pick a fight with Town Hall? And I've... Like, without wanting to betray confidences or confidential situations, I've observed it. I've been in mm. a room with Gil and, and other people and seen how those interactions take place. And, you know, it is a boys' club. That is a, a valid criticism of the AFL. So we make fun of my, Nick Warner a fair bit on this show. Well, I do anyway. It comes up a lot because yeah. I just, like... I listen to a, quite a lot of his stuff. Like, you know, his podcast with Robo, the 3, 3RW football coverage that he's involved in. So I hear him a lot. And, you know, he's always the guy who is just like, nah, this is bullshit. Shouldn't change the game. Shouldn't do this. <laughs> I get this message the other day. Um, anonymous message on my telephone. Uh, G'day, Will. Mick Warner. Out of the blue. <laughs> like, I'm That's just so like, all right, what's going on here? Um, he references the fact uh, that we have talked about, you yeah, know, that his kids are called Will and Charlie, I believe. Um, yeah. And Will, Will with one L, by the way. And, and then he says, it's me, the guy you think hates football. <laughs> 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 and I am like, oh boy, can I hear some chickens coming home to roost? I believe somebody I thought I was anonymously making fun of has now heard about it, which is, um, but the truth is that um I have absolutely loved this book. I think it's one of the best things that I've read in a very long time and I think it's absolutely excellent and I wish that um it was discussed. This is the the other thing. Yeah, is the that, way that, that is, weird? the way that it's been ignored ignored <laughs> proves the fucking point as far as I'm concerned, yeah. right? It is one yeah. of those things where you're like just there are so many football shows a week that like have to find like an hour of content, things to discuss. They'll spend 15 minutes talking about whether somebody should run back into a pack or not. And yet there is chapter after chapter of interesting things. Because even if Michael isn't completely right or is only showing one side of some of those things, great. Get on, on the couch or whatever or AFL 360 and debate some of the points. Have a conversation about them. Mate, even if it is all speculation, that
0: is football media every week. Bloody Cain Corns will say something that's completely speculative. Caroline Wilson will say something that's completely... Caroline Wilson just completely dumped Sam Mitchell in it this week. You know, said that he a week after this mediation session just said he he wants Alistair Clarkson out of there, and it's like Sam Mitchell had to do. Like, I mean, I believe
1: it. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. We like we have been speculating the same thing based on about the same amount of information as Caroline Wilson, I reckon. But I know what you're saying. The
0: fact that two guys One cup is one of the few football podcasts to talk about uh, the boys' club is is insane because that. I just feel like there's so much stuff in it that if if you are into football, I think that you should read this book because it's just, like I said, it's jaw-dropping. There's just so much stuff that you were aware
1: of, but then to find out what was actually going on behind the scenes, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Anyway, um, there's a possibility that we might get to have a chat with Mick about the book Brilliant. on the podcast. Brilliant. So um, I think we should do that. I did say to him, you know we have a running joke about how you're trapped in this job <laughs> where you hate football. And he goes, I'm aware. uh well while
0: we're talking about newsbreakers, uh let's uh let's talk a little bit of rowling coverage um there's not a lot to go on i mean i think matt rowell by his nature is not really uh, a headline maker but a few people have sent me this this is from matt rowell's instagram and it's not so much the post as the picture i'm just dropping it into the message window now so um, Matt Rowell has an endorsement deal with A, a- ASICs or ASICs mm-hmm. the, the sneaker company and he posted this photo. <laughs> Can you just enlarge that? Just take a close look at that photo and, and just describe describe what you're seeing there.
1: Okay, so I'm seeing <laughs> All right. Now is it is something in particular that I'm looking for here? Because I'm just gonna we'll just describe it. This b- is Matt Rowell. bit by bit. So he's yeah. he's putting on a, a pair of um, ASICs sneakers. Obviously, this is the endorsement part of it. And yeah. they are like a kind of lightish grayish blue with some sort of pink or like, anyway, some sort of hot fluorescent sort of stripe through them. Quite flamboyant, you know, sneakers. Yeah. And then he's wearing a yeah. pair of black socks, anklet socks. Yeah. Um, he has very white pasty legs, which you would imagine for a guy who has, <laughs> you know, red hair. He has quite a lot of red hair on his... Um, although, weirdly enough, a bit patchy around the knees. Probably from footy, I suppose, right? getting in there yeah, on from the ground sliding Sliding, knee, sliding on the ground. first into the pack look at that yeah. isn't that just couldn't be more Matt Rao. look at that you can tell yeah. how hard a footballer he is just by the bits of his body he's not waxing his legs like some fancy you know, show, show show pony this is a guy who is earning uh, his Brazilian knees and then you get up to the rest of his body all, all ASICs by the way Asics sponsor all, Asics. all his outfits so he's got a pair of like tight training shorts I reckon of some kind And then like a kind of a a tight, you know, athletic, you know, training top as well. Gore-Tex. Black.
0: Gore-Tex jogging top that breeds. Um,
1: We all know what the top of his head looks like, you know, light reddish hair. Um, Then he's wearing a pair of like, I guess, sunglasses that maybe even the Terminator would have gone there a bit big for me. Like a real big pair of dark sunglasses.
0: A real
1: big pair of sunglasses. (laughs) like, Like a real big pair. Like almost like he's in some sort of alien movie, and like you know they'll have some sort of like visor over their face that is like their one eye that's also a computer. That's the kind of size. It looks like he's in the air force
0: and he's put a blast shield over his face. He's about to launch a nuclear bomb and he's put the blast shield down. I mean they it, are. It, it
1: looks like it's a-
0: speed dealer speed dealer sunglasses like times a million.
1: I mean, I don't think that there is anyone who could physically get their eyes, their pupils to dilate enough <laughs> that they would need sunglasses that big. I just think it is nothing but overkill. It looks like they have taken a windshield, essentially <laughs> a windshield <laughs> off a car and they have attached it to two things and whacked it on his ears. But if, even though the sunglasses are, are pretty big, that's actually not the highlight of this photo for me because what is it? What you've got to look at is the expression on Matt Rowe's face because he's, he's performing the simple act of just tying his shoelaces in order to go for a run. And yet, he, he, he the look on his face is like somebody who's just like hiked up a mountain in Peru, been involved in a six-hour ayahuasca ceremony, And has just seen the hand of God run him through his death and tell him that everything's going to be okay. Like, the look of joy on his face is adorable. The caption to the photo is,
0: with lots of lockdowns around the country, it's important we get out and get some fresh air and exercise. Thanks to the new Nova Blast 2, this is made easier, Essex Australia. (laughs) Everything about this dude is so odd. (laughs) Like, I just love him. I just love him. He's such a strange cat. Like, you could not have a dorkier... Like, if you look at young athletes, number one draft picks in the NBA... Like, Dorky
1: in an adorable, trustworthy way.
0: an adorable way. But, like, if you compare him to, say, like, you know, the number one draft pick in the NBA... Who you know dresses like he's in a hip hop video? When he gets photographed, he's in like cool Gucci and shit. And then you got fucking Grandpa Simpson about to power walk with Cliff Young round the block with his giant windshield sunglasses with oh, his blue blockers
1: that he's <laughs> rocking.
0: <laughs> it's so great. I just love him. So I know there's not a lot of Rowling coverage, but uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll link this in the episode description below because you can all check it out. It just made me so happy. Um, another. Thing people have linked us to this week, this week linked us to this week. Will fucking hell is uh, the AFL uh, Facebook page? They listed their best AFL nicknames. Who has the best oh, AFL nicknames? Great. Which is pretty good, but I think the comments are actually great as well because then people start making their own suggestions. So um, we can just go through the AFL suggestions. They list nine. So there's uh, Alire Alire, who we've already discussed. You know his nickname is.
1: Uh, oh, what was Aaliyah's? No, I can't remember. Aaliyah. Uh, Shander. Shander, that's right, yes. Uh, then there's Josh Tracy,
0: Tracy, 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 uh, who's called the Big Kahuna. Okay. Um, an old favourite of ours that we haven't discussed in a while, but it's worth bringing back. Peter Wright, of course, is.
1: Two metre Peter.
0: There's Riley Thilthorpe, who is. The Thorpedo? Thrillthorpe. Ah, oh, Thrillthorpe, <laughs> of course. Yeah, okay. Nick Larky's a pretty good one. Uh, So Nick Larky, it's a food
1: pun. Takeaway food pun. Nick Larky. (laughs) Nick Larky. um, Nick Larky. (laughs) McLarky's. Sue Larky. That's very good. Rory Laird gets called
0: the desk. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Your boss will have sex on you? Uh, Ray Chamberlain, of course, is Razor Ray Chamberlain. Uh, Nathan Jones. I Again, mean, this is, is funny but cruel. Uh, do you know what they call him? Uh,
1: old man. Grandpa. Toe ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the amount Mick of Lakey. opposition players who've gone into a pack against Nathan Jones and come out rubbing their shins, though, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And Nick Blakey is known as the Lizard.
0: Anyway, we'll get into the comments. Okay, so Michael Riscatelli was nicknamed
1: Teak. Do you know why? Uh It's a Risky-Telly, It's a Risky-Telly. Yeah. Then well done. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, of course, Brett Hedy uh, gets a mention. Uh, Jeremy McGovern was called Brackets for a while.
1: Do you know why? Uh, because um, uh, his uh, the numbers on his back looked like brackets because he was a big fella. <laughs> He's a big fella. Hugh McLuggage, known also as the Scottish suitcase. Okay, yeah, McLuggage. Well, no, apparent-
0: good. Uh, apparently, the Scott brothers were known as the Craze, but I don't. I mean, I reckon it doesn't sound. I reckon they named themselves that. Uh, Apparently, Luke Delaney was named Car Keys after locking his keys in his car at one of his first training sessions. (laughs) And then when his brother Cam was drafted to North, he was nicknamed Spare Keys.
1: (laughs) Good. Good stuff.
0: Now, David Mundy has a pretty obvious nickname. Uh, Like Suvlaki, David Mundy. Uh, Manic? Barra. Oh, Barra Mundy. Okay. Um... They said uh, a commenter here says that uh, Riley Philthorpe is actually known as Filthy, not Thrillthorpe. but Thrillthorpe will get a lot of likes. And (laughs) Courtney Dempsey is known. And I don't know. No, actually, maybe I can't read that. I won't read that one out because I think it can be considered a a slur in these days. Uh, And then Shane Crawford. Mentioned on the footy show that umpire Matthew Head in the mid-2000s had the best nickname he'd ever heard. They nicknamed him... Gimme? Gobby. <laughs> uh, there's plenty more to check out. Just go to the AFL Facebook page to check out some more nicknames. But, Will, uh, got some exciting news. Um, this is a player profile that was sent to us, and thank you to everyone um, who sent in player profiles. I put the call out last week and we've literally been inundated. People have been photographing their footy records and sending us um, all these fantastic player profiles.
1: Uh, and thank you to everyone who contributed to the show. Um, I can't remember the name of the dude, but you posted his handle on uh, Instagram who sent through the uh, the new Gold the Coast, Gold Coast. Sun, uh, jumper, Yeah, which actually looks very good. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, thank you to everyone who contributes stuff to the show. Uh, we don't mention it enough, uh, but it's always very cool.
0: One listener in particular, Carla, I'm just looking at my message window. She sent in, must be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 player profiles oh, from different footy records. Awesome. So it's not all just the team she supports. It's like she must go to lots of different games or have right. access. Maybe she works at a news agency, um, but will. We have a player profile for Nathan Nat Fife. Oh, now, yeah. considering how much we have discussed him in the history of the show,
1: how well do you think you know Nat Fife? I'm going to say the problem with Nat Fife, in the same way as the problem would be with Ben Cunnington, is I know him as our version of him, not actually him. Yeah. I don't actually know if I know anything about Nat 5. Like, I know as much about Nat 5 as Nat 5 knows about the names of the fellow teammates he plays for at the Fremantle Dockers. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to it, is what I'm saying. This podcast is a bit like
0: a Tarantino movie in the way that he just kind of takes historical events and just rewrites them to his own ends.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, in this Nat one, 5. we beat the Nazis. It's okay, it's fine. <laughs>
0: Okay. I'm hoping you get like a hundred percent on this one, but I've read ahead, there's a few curly ones, okay. but I think it's I think I think they're gettable. I'm gonna give you some good hints on this one. Hope they're not too confusing. Okay. Name.
1: Nat what, see, I don't even know what Nat is short for. Is he Nathaniel? I guess he's probably Nathaniel. That's a good point. Nate. I don't but he could be a Nathan. Like I don't even know that. I only know him as Nat, but Nat Fife it probably says. It probably doesn't say Nathaniel yeah, Nat or Nat. Nathan. Nat Well he answers Nat
0: Fife. I'm just quickly yeah. Googling he's Nathan. He's a Nathan Fife. Okay. Doesn't really suit him, Nathan Fife. Nathaniel Fife, I think, actually suits him better. Right, but Nathan. No wonder he's Nat. Nathan he's Fife. so not a Nathan. He's definitely a Nat Fife. It's got that sort of that yeah. kind of syncopation, doesn't it? Nat Fife. Two one syllable words. Nathan, Nathan Fife doesn't Fife. quite work.
1: Ugh. Gross. Nathan asked my father. (laughs) Wouldn't have won a Brownlow if his name was Nathan. You're like, who are you giving votes today? Nathan? No, thank you.
0: Okay. First question. As a kid, what did you want to be? And my clue is this is a cliched kid answer. Generally, you ask a little boy what he wants to be. There's like one of like four answers. I'll give you three guesses. Okay. Make a it a bit easier. Fireman.
1: No. Mm. Um, a policeman?
0: No. I think you need to think it's a bit more of an exceptional
1: profession. Oh, okay. A superhero. Oh, an astronaut. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay, good. All right.
0: Yeah. Are you getting in the zone though? That was just yeah, like, right. you're, just, you're just getting the line and length. Okay.
1: Right. I mean, I appreciate um, the clue. You know, on the day that we record this, Jeff Bezos actually went into space. So I'm not going to say you could have come up with a more topical and relevant and helpful I was, clue. But... I was going,
0: <laughs> I was going to get to. He's almost rich enough to be able to do this, but then you, you yeah. just spurt, you blurted out. I buddy. jumped in. Superhero. Okay. Um, all right. He what team did he follow as a kid? It's a Victorian team, one of the big four. Carlson. I was going to give you another clue. Nah. No, it's not Galen. I'll give you I'll give you a clue. I could actually see him playing for this team. Like just physically the way he presents like he has a bit of this team about him. Richmond. And he Richmond. Exactly. There you go. You got it. Don't you reckon he would be a good Richmond yeah. player? He's got a bit of that kind of like, you know, inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne. I could see him at the Corner Hotel. Absolutely.
1: No, no, no. He would dominate Richmond. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Who's the best player he played with? Nat
1: Five. (laughs) (laughs) When I I say played with, I mean I masturbate a lot looking in a mirror (laughs) at me, Nat Five. Um, uh, a teammate?
0: Yeah, a teammate. And Are yeah, he's still playing? He's, he's a, or is he. No. Uh, no. And he would be a club legend. Matthew Pavlich. Matthew Pavlich, correct. Uh, who is your most admired opponent? Um, currently playing? Currently plays for the Sydney Swans. Oh. And not, not Buddy. Um. They would, these guys would line up on each other a few times, I imagine. Um,
1: Josh Kennedy?
0: Oh, yes, Will. You're in it. Okay. You're in the zone. You've gotten Richmond, you've gotten Pav, and you've gotten Josh Kennedy. Okay. This one should be a gimme. If you think about who he bought bar- back for as a kid. Who's his all-time favorite player? And think about his age. Matthew Richardson. Ah, uh, Will. You and... Forget Ben Cunnington, you are Nat Fife's new best friend.
1: Didn't know his name was Nathan until three minutes ago, but sure.
0: I can see you guys riding around in his chopper together. He's giving you some portfolio like real estate advice for your portfolio.
1: It's like hey okay. you're a good bloke, Phil. He says me. Yeah. Loved you Yeah.
0: Love John Spicks and Specs. Who's the first player you would choose in fantasy football? pretty common answer this year especially if you're a stats kind of nerd lucky Neil lucky Neil man you have pretty much that's the first column and you have pretty much swept the board
1: you feeling good good clues I'm happy with the okay. quality of your clues that's what I okay. would
0: say well yeah I told you I was going to give you a yeah, good one. you did let me read ahead okay yeah alright ooh oh, yeah. interesting okay <laughs> okay what's his preferred grand final time slot and my clue is we have not heard this answer before night grand final he doesn't mind oh what does that tell you about nat five anytime anywhere just happy to be there no he's in any that just happy to be there is like a loser's response Anytime, anywhere. That's a net five. That's the net five attitude. Mate, I don't
1: care. You know what? He, his attitude is probably not really relevant to me, is it, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up some mountain in the Himalayas when the fucking. I've been away for three weeks at that stage, mate.
0: <laughs> Who would you like to see as the halftime entertainment? Oh, Just think about okay. this, will?
1: So. What do we know about Nat Five? He's from Western Australia. Is that a clue? Yes. Um, and I guess Fremantle Dockers. The immediate connection has got to be Tame Impala. Is it Tame Impala? It is Tame Impala. Well done. Well thought out. This is, this is I reckon, your best pocket profile. I did not for know what era this was from because I because I know that their friendship like we've only heard about it this season so I didn't know if this like pocket profile was like recent or from Older. a few for three years the, ago yeah no I think Carla
0: is she, everything she sent is from this year okay. I'm pretty sure All right. I mean it's, there's a lot look it's Travis Boach 300 coming up and that was also submitted and, and then Jack Revolt, I was like oh god like do we do Jack do we do Travis but then I was like how can you turn down the jewel and the crown that five okay <laughs> Okay, uh his favorite AFLW play, as you've said in previous you're not familiar, Jasmine Stewart. If he wasn't a footballer, what would you like to be? Now, my clue is introverted extrovert. So it's not it's not a specific occupation, it's more of a it's more of a, a state of being for an introverted extrovert. If he wasn't a footballer what would you like to be? Maybe swinging more to one of those two uh, uh, ideologies.
1: Um, no, I need a different clue. That cl- okay. Those clues
0: have not been helpful to me. Okay. So if he wasn't a footballer, what would he like to be?
1: Um... like is it an occupation is if it a, he was a recovering alcoholic he might be this, um, if recovering
0: alcoholic, might be this. Um, oh, introvert um, if he was a recovering alcoholic he would like to be this
1: <laughs> oh he'd like to be this um, well, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't guess. I anonymous. Know. Anonymous. Oh, yeah, that is actually a good clue. In, in, that's a classic Charlie Good Clue in Retrospect clue. <laughs> yeah, if it weren't backwards, that is a good clue. It did not help me at the time, but now I can see what you're trying to do. Um,
0: what's a talent he wished he had? Uh, he'd like to speak a certain language. What language would it would it
1: be? Oh, okay. What language would he like to speak? Now he's a modern man. Um, mm-hmm. Which could imp-
0: this is a, a this is a, a probably one of the three biggest languages in the world, most commonly spoken language in the world. Like apart from s- Chinese, Mandarin.
1: Okay, all right. So, well, he already speaks English, so we can rule that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Spanish,
0: Spanish. He would like to speak Spanish. I'm surprised he already. He doesn't already speak Spanish. He strikes me that I would not be surprised if you went to a restaurant with Nat Five and he just fluently ordered in Spanish.
1: I think he's he's definitely at I like, can order in Spanish level. Yeah. Like, you know.
0: I mean, I imagine like like, you know, Hansel from Zoolander. He has holidayed in South America and you know, taken ayahuasca and skinny dipped off the coast of Costa Rica with spider monkeys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%.
0: Ah, um, oh, this is this is brilliant. <laughs> Relating to his introverted extrovert, describe yourself in one word, much like a cake.
1: Layered. Layered. <laughs> I mean, Nathan. Calm Nathan, down. <laughs> calm down. Back away from the pocket profile. Nathan, I'm going to give you a second chance at filling in this. Are you sure you want to lock in layered? <laughs>
0: layered. Oh, no, sorry. I meant laid. I get laid a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, what's the biggest thing you miss during hub life? Not a person or a thing. It's more of a concept or a state of being.
1: Oh. Cause, so It's, it's also up, okay, a George
0: Michael song. Freedom. <laughs> Fred, this is probably too much of a clue that one uh, now this is fascinating what's the most enjoyable thing about hub life uh, there's no way you're going to guess it so I have to give you a pretty specific clue um, he liked to consume
1: this beverage that
0: was his favorite thing about hub life
1: oh okay um, is it a hot beverage or a cold beverage Hot beverage. Uh, is it a,
0: a tea of some kind? It is tea. His favourite thing about Hub Life
1: was Tea Club on level 11. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like maybe that was like a euphemism for something a else. Code. You, want, you want to go up to <laughs> Tea Club if you know what I'm saying. What's the least enjoyable
0: thing about Hub Life? Um, the lack of freedom. he, uh, he pots.
1: He pots Travis uh, Collier. Travis Collier uh, shit jokes. (laughs) His his room
0: was on the same level as Trav Collier. Oh, okay. Uh, This should be easy. The biggest
1: pest during during Hub Life. Trav Collier.
0: Okay. That was the easy part. Now, this is the tricky part.
1: Name one other player on the team. Trav Collier.
0: (laughs) 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 Why was Trav such a pest and this relates to his favourite thing about hub life ok um, what do you think it, ruins Nat Fife's enjoyment of tea club uh, <laughs> and well, do you know what the first rule of tea club is
1: <laughs> you, you apparently talk all the time about tea club <laughs> spread the word about tea club um Travis Collier um would uh drink all the best tea <laughs> He's not
0: Will Anderson. He's not going around drinking Steve Wars cold tea to absorb his
1: powers through some kind of <laughs> still hasn't been disproved. So um, um uh, tra- uh, I'll make it a bit easier for you. Yeah. So
0: um he was not happy with the kind of tea. Uh Travis Collier <laughs> the makes some tea, tea. tea club. What the fuck is... I can see why Fremantle have only ever played one grand final. In fact, if I get Neroli Meadows back on the show, I'm going to have to ask her
1: about this. She's going to have to do some deep digging. What the hell is going on with Freo and their tea club? You know what Freo have got to do? They've got to get themselves a Dilma sponsorship. They've got to get Dilma to be the naming sponsor on their jumpers and provide as much quality tea as possible.
0: So, um, Trav would bring in a certain kind of tea that displeased Nat. Oh. What do you think that would be? Um, and it's not, it's not, it's not like a type of tea, like a herbal or. A, it's the style of tea. It's the, it's how um, the tea was engineered. Uh, Microwaves the tea. No, 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 okay. no, You would bring decaf, tea to tea oh. club. And again, you actually your theory that maybe this is a euphemism is making me think that they're they're doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, he did not bring he's good not getting gear. enough it of was a buzz. Cut
1: down so much. I got nothing out of decaf. That's what we call it.
0: Yeah. Uh right. Who was the funniest teammate during Hub Life? Um he's a forward. Big fella. Um Rory uh, Lobb. I bet you his nickname what? Rory Lob? It, no, I'd say his nickname is probably Telly.
1: Um Telly. Or Toby. Maggie. Um, pie. Magpie. Maggie Thatcher. Maggie Smith. Matt, Ta- Matt Tabner. Oh, okay. Oh, no, they actually say what
0: his nickname is. Matt uh, Tabner's nickname is Wayne. Wayne Tabner. What is that? What do you think that relates to? I don't know. Tabner. Tabs are open. Oh. <laughs> 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 Wayne. Okay. Um, okay, the reason Matt Tabner was the funniest person, he got he would get a speeding ticket for six of the available eleven hire cars. <laughs> oh, oh, that's an insight into how Hub Life works. So they would have like a set amount of hire cars that you could book if you wanted to go for a drive.
1: And do you reckon that's Matty how it worked? Matty Tabner, Wayne, old Wayneo thinks he's Wayne, Wayne Gardner, gets behind the wheel, can't stop uh, speeding, six out of eleven. I mean, that seems like too many. That doesn't actually seem like something you should be joking about in a pocket profile. That feels like confidential inside information of the club that they should keep under the carpet and will only come out 10 years from now when Mick Water writes a book about it. <laughs> um, First place you'd
0: like to visit after travel restrictions are lifted. This comes as no surprise with what we've learnt about Nat 5. Spain. Not one of the obvious ones. Oh, okay. Mm. No, um, think, think more about his favourite, what's his favourite thing to do? Um,
1: his favourite thing to do? Um, well, his favourite thing about hub life. Yeah, he likes to drink tea, so...
0: So where would someone who likes to drink tea maybe like to visit? Um, Sri Lanka? India. Ah. Who's your... I mean, look, I've got to be say. well, you started like a house on fire yeah, but and um, much like Fremantle come, come you promised terribly. so
1: much yeah <laughs> i know just, the wheels have fallen off i got this supporter's hopes up and i've really staggered towards the end of the season uh
0: what's the favorite sporting event he would like to attend um this is it's a uh, it's not well i'll just say this it's not the nba finals <laughs> and it's not uh it's not the super bowl it is a more, it's a european it's a jewel in the European crown of sporting events and it's not a football event either.
1: Oh, so not a soccer event?
0: No, not football, not basketball but it's probably the most famous European sporting event.
1: Famous European sporting event. So is it a car race? Motor car New? race? Is it a no. golf event? It is a race. Oh, It's it, an endurance race. It's an endurance race um, and it's No, don't know. It's specific to France? Oh, the Tour de France. Tour de France. That's an endurance race, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely it is. Well, I mean, yes, speed and endurance, but definitely endurance. It goes for fucking ages. Uh It goes for like a month. (laughs) So, yes, I'm going to say you have to ride your bike up hills really fast for a fucking month. And occasionally a spectator (laughs) will just hit you with a sign and you'll have to go to hospital and not walk for six months. So I'm going to say, yeah, an endurance event. (laughs)
0: Uh, what's the last TV series you binged on you'll never get this I don't even know what what it is The Last Kingdom what's that do you know what that is no no idea Uh, favourite team or sports person outside of football I just have to quickly google who this fellow is Um, you might say okay right surfer but not anyone that you've heard of no. <laughs> i can not tell you that much his name is john florence okay. do you know who john florence nope. is yeah thought so uh okay uh it's funny that's the first mention of surfing the whole pocket profile i would have thought that no mention of property investment no mention of helicopters no mention of surfing this is really
1: sent me on a loop no well, mention of this. Like who- this is surfing, though. Like, he has brought up surfing. The the person that he wants to meet the most is a surfer. So, this is like his subtle. He doesn't have to tell people that he's into surfing. He'll just drop some obscure surfer's name. Probably not yeah. obscure, but just obscure to us because he's not Kelly Slater or whatever. <laughs> like, the three surfers we'd be able to name. Lane Beachley, yeah. Kelly Slater, <laughs> Nick Fanning. Oh, yeah. There we go. Sweet. Um, not any of those people. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> this is one for surfing. I, I don't know Nat Fife at all, by the way. I, I, I think your clues were good in the first half. And I feel like I've never really had a beat on who Nat Fife is through this entire thing. This answer is so intriguing.
0: I feel like we could do an entire episode around just this answer. The best sporting event he has seen, and I'm just going to tell you what it is, it was the 2015 Fremantle Football Club Mad Monday 100-metre sprint between Michael, Michael Barlow and someone hanneth. What happened on that mad Monday? Because 2015 was that, what year did they play the grand final? Maybe that's 2014. What happened? Do you reckon they were nude? They have to be nude. I can't imagine a mad Monday 100-meter sprint that wasn't nude.
1: Well, something has to have happened because if the best sporting event that he can ever imagine is just two guys sprinting for 100 meters, it isn't actually that good. I imagine (laughs) the guys sprint for 100 meters against each other. At training all the time, right? Isn't that a thing that mm. you would do as a professional athlete? So, yeah, Newt, they've clearly got it with Ben. If you won ten million, what would you buy
0: first? This fits more into what okay. I was thinking. That five years, it's not real estate, but I would say this is the this is the new age real estate. This is if you are a canny investor, uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, crypto crypto i mean i could i totally imagine when he retires he'll fucking he'll invest in bitcoin he'll make a fortune he'll open a range of gyms like that have gyms and surf attire and he'll retire a billionaire well this Go is also space. this is
1: a guy who was already you know independently wealthy because when he was like asked what would you do with 10 million dollars he was like speculate in cryptocurrency like, that's a guy who doesn't need $10 million, yeah. you know? Like, a guy who needs $10 million is like, well, that would be more money than I could ever imagine having. So what I would do is buy my family homes and invest the rest yeah. in a really sustainable and supported, independent, you know? He's like, I don't know. It's Dogecoin? I'll whack it in Dogecoin, I think. I've already got $10 million. In uh,
0: what was his best subject at school? It was a trade. Woodwork. Metal work. Uh-huh. What was the first car he owned? Um, again, Australian classic, but not a Holden. Mm, okay, a Ford Falcon. Ford Falcon, it was his grandma's. What is his usual coffee order? You've got to get this. think, well, The, the question might be a bit misleading. What's well, his usual coffee order? I drink tea. He drinks tea. There you go. Dream place you would like to live. Oh, fuck, where is this? It better not be in WA. I bet you it is. Hang on, give me one second. Uh... If Jeff Buckley were to live by... Oh, actually, this is, this is going to be a terrible taste. I was going to say, if Jeff Buckley were to live by a lake... <laughs> oh, no. You'd tell him not to go swimming. Uh... If Jeff Buckley had named his album after a lake, you might have called it.
1: No, now I can only think of terrible things. That's like the worst (laughs) thing is like my, in my head, like I'm like, what? Suicide Lake? Is that what he He was? Nat 5 was to live at Suicide Lake but I assume Don't that go is not the clue that you're actually giving me at the moment like no. I assume you're giving me a much different clue that my brain will not process um so <laughs> suicide lake <laughs> it's, uh, it's nicer than the name suggests um is their town, yeah. town motto um no you have to tell me
0: lake grace oh okay oh no sorry uh, lake songs for my sweetheart the drunk <laughs> There's a little niche joke for all you uh, buckly heads out there, you buckheads. Uh, and the last question, very enigmatic answer. That's my clue. It's an, an enigmatic answer. Okay. Life after football. Uh,
1: whatever. So, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's kind of it. It's uh, This is something that um, Sherlock Holmes might might be involved in? Um, a, a mystery. <laughs> a mystery. Because Nat 5 is a layered dude. <laughs> I mean, look, I know you didn't get all the answers right, but I don't think they're disappointed. I think it's not what we thought it was going to be, but it was still very much... It doesn't surprise me that that's a Nat, fat, Nat, fat, Nat 5 pocket profile.
1: Yeah, no, I've got to be honest. Like layered, It was worth it for layered. Life being a mystery, good areas, some obscure tea. surfer. Tea. Oh, I, I, I was not. That's one that I believe is going to go into my made-up idea of who Nat five years is now going to be the fact that he also loves a cup of tea. Uh,
0: well, we've had some people writing with some questions and comments about uh, the week gone by of football. If you want to do that, you can go to at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter or on Instagram. You can message us there as well. And it's also worth noting that on a Thursday afternoon, Will and I do our tips on Instagram live. So if you're on Instagram, just uh, check our story in the morning. We normally give a it time, it's usually around 5 p.m. in the afternoon. Will and I do a little Instagram live video where we give our tips. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to go to uh, patreon.com slash TOFOP. TOFOP is our podcast network, which uh, houses not only this podcast, but many other great podcast. In fact, Will and I are doing a live version of our podcast TOFOP at the Great Australian Podcast Festival in November in Melbourne at the Palais Theatre. Tell them about it,
1: Will. Well, we haven't done a live TOFOP for a very long time. I think it's nearly four years and so Mm -hmm. it's pretty exciting. To We were planning when we uh, around the 10 years we were going to do some live shows and uh, around the 300 episodes we were going to do some live shows and then COVID happened, and so it's, you know, another year and a half will have passed by the time the Great Australian Podcast Festival is on, but it's a whole bunch of the, you know, some of the best podcasts from all over Australia uh, at this festival in Melbourne, and of course, you know, COVID pending and all the things that you have to say these days, but buy a ticket, um, you know, if shit goes down, it's all refundable and everything will be fine, but it's really good if you could just buy the ticket regardless and let people know that you are interested in coming to see our show. And then, you know, we can take it from there. But I think that, isn't that a great pitch? That's the pitch that we (laughs) resort to in the time of COVID, which is, yeah, I know guys, we can't guarantee it's going to happen either. We hope it's going to happen. The best way for it to happen is for you guys to buy a bunch of tickets and then hopefully just everything else takes care of itself. But um, we'll do a big live show. We'll have a whole bunch of special guests John Deeks, who does all our introductions and stuff for our podcast, he um, he'll come down and he'll be part of it in a in a live sense. It'll be it'll be really great fun. It's always it's always a lot of fun. Uh, ah, yeah, So I'll put
0: in a, a link in the episode description below. So if you're keen to get tickets, just uh, check your podcast app, and there'll be a link for you to follow. Uh, Will this is from Jack. He says, what features, attractions and entertainment would you like to add to a potential 7 to 14 day festival of football with all the players and teams being there if crowds were allowed? All right. so if it's like a big day out of footy, what are some of the attractions outside of the games themselves?
1: Okay, so I think like the big day out, like I think there should be like separate stages. So yeah. Like, you've got to play it somewhere where there's, like, a main stadium. Like, so, you know, we're <clears> at the SCG. There's also the the other football stadium there. And then there's, like, just a couple of, like, practice ovals out the back. It's got to be like that for me. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, you can go and see, like, you know, um, the Bulldogs play Melbourne big main stage, you know, you know at the at the football stadium, maybe Sydney are playing GWS at the, you know, at the SCG. But then out on some of those, like, smaller grounds, you just seen, like...
0: Yeah, you got North versus the Suns. Yeah, exactly,
1: right? <laughs> and just, like, and early on in the day, like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Like, they yeah. just, like, 10 o'clock in the morning if you want to get there early, maybe just, like, you know, you're not really into it yet or anything, but you just kind of just want to warm up a little bit. So I want it to be much like the big day out in that way.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see like a silent disco where you can go in, put on some headphones and listen to your club's theme song and just, you know, chant on your
1: own. I mean, even better than that, you know how sometimes on grand final day they do the live broadcast, all the radio stations will be there. I want separate mm. silent discos of people listening to the various football coverages <laughs> on the day. Right. So there's like a straight w tent with just all these like old yeah. people with headphones on, just like... <laughs>
0: Uh, Mork says, what's the bet? Buddy kicks a thousand goals in a rescheduled COVID affected game at a neutral venue with no crowds in a Sunday twilight time slot. Oh, fuck. I hope not. How great is it that Buddy seems to be back? Like I was so worried in the last few years, that oh, maybe he's not going to get there. First of all, that deal that Sydney signed him to that everyone made fun of who's fucking laughing now. Sydney might win the flag, Buddy might be there. My buddy might kick his thousand At the grand final. Like, what an incredible career. What an incredible deal. It's just, it's good for
1: football when Buddy's playing well. Isn't it? It's just, it's so exciting. And because I feel like this is a bonus. I, I personally was of the opinion that the deal was worth it, even if he'd never played again. You know, it got to that point where you're like, are we going to see him again or see him at his best again? And I was like, I reckon the deal was already worth it. I don't care. I think it was like what Sydney needed to do. And I think, If you look at his statistics, like, you know, between Hawthorne and Sydney, like, they are incredibly consistent across, like, you know, both parts of his career. He's just had two really spectacular careers. But then to see this and all these, like, kids around him and, you know, he seems to be really enjoying it. Like, yeah, it's super exciting that, like, he is – like, he might get an extension. Like, there's real talk around the idea that he might get a contract extension. Like, That's no one amazing. imagined when that deal was signed that there would be a point where... Like, everyone's like, oh, he won't get to the end of it. He might extend it.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, okay, Gavin wants us to give each other a footy nickname. All right. Um, okay, so I'll go first. Okay. Will. Dead. Zombie. Cranberry. Cranberry. You're Cranberry. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, Charlie... Um, chocolate factory, <laughs> Willy Wonka, Will, Dead. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> both but, but of them cranberry. Cranberry, uh, yours, your nickname is cranberry. <laughs> uh, JD says, thoughts of putting on.
0: The uh, puts, thoughts on putting the daylight, night, twilight debate to an end and introduce a three-game playoff for the flag with one game at each of the times. Same, I like it. Yeah, same day. I like it. It's a great idea. No, but, um, but Sean I, says... I,
1: I honestly want it on the same day. Like, I want all three grand oh. I want three grand finals in one day. <laughs> like, so... Like a, so a six-hour grand final. It's a six-hour grand final with breaks in between for entertainment. And that really tests the depth in your squad. Because you've got to go in on the day and go. Well, what do we do? Do we go out with our best team for the first two games, like win best two out of three, and then just like take the risk that if it gets to game three and it's one all, we're just going to be completely fucked? Or do you manage early on, like you know the depth of your squad? Do you only bring your best players in for the second and third game, like this, and then it becomes a true war of attrition? Three. Yeah. And cool. and everyone's happy. People who want a day grand final are happy people who want like a twilight grand final people who want a night grand final and people like nat Fife who are just happy for there to be a grand final <laughs> doesn't matter what time of the day it is they can enjoy it too
0: sean uh, says jake stringer gets a three-year deal at the bombers but wanted four is that deserved or not i think jake stringer is the kind of guy who plays better in his contract year so you don't want to give him four because you need to keep him a
1: little hungry I thought they were going to give him two with, like, three as a... Like, you know, if he met a whole bunch of criteria. But he's probably played well enough. You know what he is? He's one of those guys that when they win, he's normally part of the reason that they win. And, some yeah, then some days he's he's no good. But, like, when he's good, he's very good. Uh, Art Deco
0: says, If the AFL was a sport at the Brisbane 2032 Olympic Games... What should the team be called? All right. So what's the, what's the National Australian Football League team called? Um, hmm.
1: Okay. So
0: what would they be?
1: I mean, because the rugby league is the kangaroos, so you can't take that. Uh, yeah. You've already got the wallabies. They're yeah. gone. Um,
0: what, what hasn't been celebrated? What's an Aussie icon? The Vegemites?
1: Yeah, but I mean, the, they were, uh, aren't they owned by a US company, or at least they were for a little while? Like, I mean, it can't be... A okay. br- I mean, the AFL would sell it, actually. That's actually a very good point. They yeah, would they get a sponsorship sell. and they would definitely sell it. So, yes, the Vegemites, the brought to uh, you by Vegemites. The happy little <laughs> Vegemites. They, we sing, if we win a game, we sing, we're happy little Vegemites. This is a sponsorship deal. Uh,
0: Dave says, can you ask Podcast Mike to cut together all of the comfort stories read by Charlie for a special episode, please? Uh, No, no, I'm not going to (laughs) make podcast Mike. The reason, one of the reasons, look, you know, we 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 had to sort of streamline the production of this show a bit, and uh, podcast Mike is not a football fan, and I I felt like it was the merciful thing to do was to not make him listen to this show, and especially not go back. I mean, if you, it's barely amusing for people who follow football. It must be agonising to listen to Cunt Fiction if you have no fucking interest in football
1: at all. It's. It was the the. I mean, he's such a nice guy, podcast Mike. That of course he would have kept and distantly related to Daniel
0: Syracuse, I believe. That is correct. Like he's a cousin or a second cousin. But or even something.
1: that could not get him interested in listening to us talk about football. And he would sit in on the calls because he is very good at his job and a lovely person. And then he would have to edit these episodes of us talking this nonsense. And now Charlie doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taylor said which footballer would
0: be best on Survivor so I guess it's a question of, is it Brains versus brawn. oh Dangerfield I reckon Danger he's got the best mix of physical attributes and intellect
1: well that's the th- that's the thing about the no Survivor is like because the, the thing about Survivor is that like you've got to have the physical attributes so you could have your Ben Cunnington type you know good at the physical mm. challenges but you've also got to be good at the social game like, Survivor is very much about the social game. And if you don't have good, like, social dynamics... Paddy Dangerfield's a good nomination because, just, like, he's head of the Players Association. He's obviously somebody who's got good relationships with all the players. But he obviously is also somebody who knows how to manipulate people into, you know, getting what they need. I think he's very bold, bold strong choice, I think, Paddy.
0: Uh, ben says, "With Jaden Stevenson sharing some questionable COVID theories, what players strike you as big conspiracy guys within a club?" Uh, I can like, I can. Wouldn't be just one. I can. How can there be a few at each club? Oh, uh, something, something. Yeah, don't you reckon? More than I'd feel comfortable with. Is, is <laughs> I, that is not a question I want the answer to? <laughs> uh, Scott says, "Apparently the Saints are heavily talking to Peter Adams from Port as a writer replacement." Thoughts? Don't really know anything about. Peter Laddams uh, Mark says Matt Rowe's nickname according to Wikipedia is Red Bull or El Chorizo. that <laughs> can't be sec that can't be right, <laughs> <laughs> can't be right. Uh, El uh,
1: El Chorizo. <laughs>
0: that's like, uh, no I mean look it says that he's <laughs> they, they don't list El Chorizo is not listed Red Bull is definitely listed as the nickname which makes sense he's a midfield bull uh, <laughs> uh, but they have a they have another nickname for him, which is Buzz, Buzz, Buzz Round,
1: Buzz Round. <laughs> like, is that um, a Buzz Lightyear thing? I would imagine it is. Yes, that's yeah. that's what it's square jaw. Me. Yes. But El <laughs> <laughs> is what I demand you be called from now on. <laughs> um,
0: hi, who do you think has the best highlight package of any player? I submit Nick Nat, multiple speckies, rundown tackles, brutal tackles. Excellent ruck work, snap goals, and the run, smothers converted to a goal, winning kicks in the right. Uh, yeah, I reckon Nit-Nak, um has a pretty good highlights package. I mean, that's sort of how he plays his game. He doesn't. He just is a highlights package. Right. He just plays like nine minutes of excellent football per game. I've said before, I love what you, I've watched Liam Ryla, Ryan highlights yeah. quite a bit. Generally, it's just the high flying stuff. Um, I reckon all time highlights package is Nicky Winmar. Nicky Winmay used to be a bit like Nick Natanui. He would do it all. He would take screamers. He would bombs from fifty. He was really tough as well. Um you got any? Hi- who's your favourite highlights player to check out?
1: Um, I, historically, probably Gary Ablett Senior. I think oh, that yeah, like just his stuff is amazing. And um, Wayne Carey too. Yeah, yeah Cyril Rioli. Um oh, Yeah, I would say modern day players like I would say Shay Bolton, Shay Bolton, Shay yeah. Bolton. I, Always forget which it is. What is it? shy Shay. Shay. Shay Shay Bolton. Um, I think his best stuff is like just so Eddie Betts, Eddie Betts, yeah. Charlie Cameron, but like I, yeah. the thing I like about Bolton is that he does have a bit of that, like you know, there'll be a super tackle or a super rundown or like a you know, sprint through the middle as well as like the high flying marks and stuff. He's his best stuff is as good as anyone's. Andrew McLeod, oh, yeah, the best. Um, uh, after the recent success, can I, oh, I, I, the We ad- aren't. I know we barely, We haven't even talked about like the round and any of the games, oh. and like literally not talked about any of it. Like, have not mentioned <laughs> it. I will say that there was something about the way that Marcus Spontempelli played on the weekend that was almost arousing. Like, he <laughs> is at a level at the moment where he just has this. Uh, he, it's funny with Bon because. Yes, his highlights are great highlights, but if you're doing a proper highlights package about how he plays, what you'd have to do is play who the ball goes to and what they do next. Because the amount of times that he gets the ball and then just creates something out of fucking nothing is, it does my head in. He was like, he's just, he feels like now he's owning his body in his space and how good he is. And he's just, oh boy. I mean, I know that I've always like you know thought he was a fantastic footballer, but watching him play on the weekend because I thought Gold Coast were very fucking good. Like they kept coming at the Bulldogs, and but Bontempi was just fucking. It was he was shrugging people off and just like yeah, it was brutal.
0: They say young still. That's the crazy thing. What are you, 24, 25? Yeah, he hasn't even hit
1: his peak yet. I mean, imagine if that's true. <laughs> and Jamara I mean, but, and the, and, uh, the yeah? Jamara who I said should never play again this season should go back to the VFL <laughs> turns out Luke Beveridge knows more about football than I do and he goes I reckon let's give him another week and he again he didn't dominate but he um, played well enough that you suddenly went oh I see what all the hype is about like a couple of the goals he kicked were these most beautiful kicks he took a couple of really good marks it was yeah it was pretty exciting Uh, Last question is from
0: Pete. After the recent success poaching the AFL Grand Final, should Brisbane double down on the 2031 Olympics by trying to schedule it during Schoolies Week? And should Mm -hmm. Charlie Cameron ignite the flame by banana-kicking a flaming Sharon in the (laughs) Olympic culture in the shape of a bottle of Bundy? (laughs) I would love to see that. Absolutely. And then do the motorbike.
1: And then... Uh, Yes. But then, in the opening ceremony, he does the motorbike. But also, then... For the entirety of the Olympics, Charlie Cameron just randomly tweets and they put his tweets up on the the big bull. <laughs> yeah. So it's like whenever he feels hundred meter race, pretty like, fast. <laughs> go storm. <Yeah. laughs>
0: All right, that's two guys, one cup this week. Sorry, uh we didn't talk about any football. We just got sidetracked. But I was so excited to get to that Nat five pocket profile. Um, go to toefop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts there's new episodes of Philosophy, uh, Fofop uh, Tofop is coming back with new episodes next week uh, but there's plenty to tide you over but for now play on not 15
1: oh. we are you guys
0: one car